you everybody I've had a great day it's very interesting the, the topic um, I'm sharing with you some of the work that my colleagues and I do and um, our contribution to the to this um, special issue was to really think about how we could develop our students as language learners how we could develop their um, abilities to critically read and to critically write and of course the uh, the, the, the contemporary moment uh, requires that nowadays when we don't know what is uh, fact or, or not. So um, what we've been really working on is using uh, what's called legitimation code theory as a guide to help us in our, in our teaching, to help students to um, become critical. And so... Um, what I'll talk about today is, is collaboration and action research that three of us have been doing over two years. And um, we're English language teachers, English for academic purposes. And there are several types of programs at NUS. Um, we teach on three courses and they, one of them is from a residential college program and the other two are from uh, core modules. I'm not going to go into details about that. Um, but basically... Um, the aim of the paper is really to show how we um, we have a knowledge-oriented curriculum and that uh, it's informed by what we call legitimation code theory. I don't know if any of you are aware of that. So I get some nods. That's good. So it, it's helping us. It's informing us in our uh, decisions about what to teach and um, how to try to um, train students to be analytical, to read critically and write critically. So yes, it's a knowledge-oriented approach and um, I think knowledge is, is a topic that we, you know, we need to talk about today and actually what I'm talking about is looking at knowledge as an object of, <coughs> an object of study. So I'll be talking about three case studies, my own, but um, this is basically the premise that, that the three of us um, hold that by understanding and identifying types of knowledge whether they are abstract or concrete or content knowledge or personal experience getting our students to be able to perceive these differences as well allows us to hopefully get critically engaged writers be aware of what to choose for an EAP curriculum and um, design pedagogical material that can um, transfer to students' own critical writing. And so the, the paper that we've published in the special issue uh, describes these three case studies and I'm just uh, filling in for my two colleagues that aren't here. So um, in 2000, Moore wrote that the curriculum of the future should be the curriculum of knowledge and uh, I think that that's still very much an important issue in higher education and when we look at concepts like independent learning um, perhaps we're we're thinking well you know yes it's okay to give students um, you know time to to learn independently but where's the teacher there where's the guide you know, where's that guide on the side where's the expert and Mayton who who's um, who's researched a lot um, and developed LCT a lot, legitimation code theory, says that this kind of focus is really talking about knowers rather than knowledge. 
So if you do talk about independent learning, you're looking at the uh, the student's ability to learn, um, but you're not talking about the conveyance of knowledge <coughs> to the student. So you're looking at subjects rather than objects. And so um, it's it's also something that we've we've found um, recently uh, uh, in 2017. My colleague did a, a survey at the Bali conference, the British Association of Lecturers for English for Academic Purposes, and the survey was about, you know, to what extent does, does knowledge and does theoretical knowledge uh, play a part in your, in your uh, teaching and in your, in your um, philosophy of education. And um, out of 40 practitioners, um, not, not all of them actually stated that theory was important for their um, for, for their practice. Not all of them said that, you know, theoretical underpinnings of, of, of my, um, you know, practice are important. Some, some argued, you know, 52% that their teaching was informed by theory, but, you know, that's not a lot, in our opinion. And then there were some um, theories that were, were talked about, genre theory, corpus linguistics, SFL, but you can see that the numbers are quite small compared to the 40 who were surveyed. So even back in 2016, Ken Highland was saying that there's a, a lack of a, a theoretical approach to language teaching. And, uh, and you know, this, this is the kind of lack of theoretical approach that, that exists in EAP. Um, you know, teachers just focusing on what's wrong, error corrections. You know, your, you know, your tense is wrong, your your use of modalities wrong, etc., with no theoretical underpinnings. So um, we think that having a theoretical underpinning and um, talking about knowledge as an object of study helps the teacher to be an expert and have expert status. So this is where um, legitimation code theory comes in. And I'll talk to you about specialization and axiological cosmologies and semantics. And basically, uh, LCT is a framework to analyze knowledge in educational practices, to make those practices visible to students. In other words, what kind of knowledge do we value? What kind of knowledge leads to success in our, in our field? And I'll just be talking about semantics and specialization, but LCT uh, involves five dimensions. So the first one is, is specialization, and um, it's about um, what we value as knowledge. Is it um, knowledge as an object, or is it uh, knowledge as subject-related, the person who is producing that knowledge? And so um, specialization is, starts with this premise, every practice is oriented towards something or by someone. And so um, it's on a it's on a, a continuum. We talk about er er plus and minus. This is um, knowledge as an object. Practices um, that we can um, call um, uh, informational content knowledge, for example. And this is seen as legitimate educational knowledge. And um, specialization makes this distinction between social relations and epistemic relations. And so for 
um, SR, it's about the subject who's enacting the practices. So uh, in that respect, then we look at knowledge from the perspective of the, the personal experience. So we can, we can look at a curriculum like this, and we can look at text analysis like this too. And I'll show you some examples. Um, we also um, use axiological cosmologies in our text analyses and this is um, an SR plus orientation so it's it's really looking at um, the people who who, um, who convey the message and uh, Maiton says that um, you know we can through looking at language we can see who the social actors are and what they what they um, their philosophy what they value and so my colleague she looks at clusters in language how uh, positive or negative meanings produce stance so I'll show you an example of that as well <clears throat> it's an extension of appraisal from systemic functional linguistics I don't know. okay and then I'll, I'll talk to you about semantics and how we use semantics and there we're talking about um, relations within knowledge how um, context dependent it is I'll talk to you about semantic gravity okay so semantic gravity is um, it's how meanings relate to their context and this is a, a citation to to define it and I'll talk to you about that as well in a minute but basically this is the idea you have very abstract context independent meanings like a theory of a historical causation if A didn't happen B wouldn't have happened then you have generalized knowledge revolutions then you have more specific concrete knowledge the Russian Revolution context dependent so we we can help to analyze knowledge in that way and talk about how knowledge becomes more or less abstract more or less concrete we can even map profiles semantic profiles of knowledge and we can show students that as well so I'll move on to the examples it will be a lot clearer then just to recap what the aim of, of our research is to do we want to focus on a knowledge-oriented curriculum. We think it can help build students' critical dispositions and help them to be analytical and read and write critically. And we believe that the teacher in EAP should have expert status. And independent learning is, is okay, but not too much. So the first case study for me then is, is working with semantic gravity with my students in the classroom. So actually talking to my students about knowledge as an object of study. So um, I, I teach students how to do IMRD papers in the field of the sociology of sport, their second years. Um, and what I'm showing you today is uh, some examples of... Um, or one example of a theoretical framework section that I worked on with a student. So he wanted to write about um, critical race theory 
and uh, particularly in line with uh, what hap what's been happening with Colin Kaepernick and the Bended Knee campaign. So just remember that these are um, language students. Um, and so this is an example of um, a draft that I, that I got from a student. And if you look at the language, then you'll see that um, it's quite descriptive. It's not very academic. Uh, as a theoretical framework, it's not very conceptually oriented. The knowledge using semantic gravity is um, very much concrete. It's not very abstract. So what we can actually do is we can plot a semantic profile for that and we can say what you're doing is, this is called a low, a low flat line. You're, you're being very journalistic in your writing. And by explaining to a student how you can shift in context dependency, the student can actually look at ranges of abstract meanings in language and use that to uh, guide his writing. So shifting from something that's very journalistic with very little uh, conceptual meaning to something that at least talks about more um, abstract notions like people of colour, white supremacy, racism. Everything in purple is quite abstract, quite context independent. The green is becoming more <coughs> context dependent when we're talking about you know, more specific groups. And then in the red here we're very concrete. These are individual people. This is a very context-dependent knowledge structure. And then after that, the student moves back again into more abstract notions and again into concepts which are context-independent, which can be transferred across contexts. So what we're doing here is we're actually showing the student how there are differing um, differing meanings in knowledge orientation. Yeah, so shifting from abstract to, to concrete and how um, that can be used as a critical lens. So race theory can be used as an abstract concept to analyze a concrete social phenomena. Shifting between these different meanings enables the student to write um, in a critical way, I think much more than the uh, descriptive narrative that you saw um, in the first instance. <coughs> so that's my use of um, semantic gravity and looking at um, knowledge as an object of study with my students, talking to them about these differences in these nuances of meaning within knowledge and um, showing them the semantic gravity profiles and talking to them about that and you can see that it's had quite a, a positive effect um, these are students who are who, who are you know who come from multiple disciplines and this is the first time that they were actually told you know about about these different relationships within knowledge these different knowledge structures but you can see that it helped them to to um, move across these different 
concepts. So for me personally this is evidence of critical thinking, being able to apply an abstract lens to a concrete social phenomenon. And for me that's also important today in our contemporary times. So the second case study, my, my colleague Letitia Monbeck, she uses specialization a lot. Um, and so for her, a curriculum should be um, very much uh, e, ER plus. So very much epistemic, should have a lot of um, knowledge. And so um, this, is, this is her thesis that, you know, an EAP curricula... Um, should be knowledge focused and students can learn how to deconstruct language in text and even apply it in their own disciplines um, so she tries to make her knowledge transferable to students own um, faculties so when she approaches her curriculum she looks with an ER plus uh, gaze so more to do with how the knowledge can be transferred and she talks about K-A-L, so she talks about giving students knowledge about language. And so it's a very large cohort that, that follows this course. It's a standalone academic course. Um, and my colleague has looked at the differences between EGAP and ESAP, so English for general academic purposes and then English for specific academic purposes and her um, goal is to provide the students with English for general academic purposes that may be transferable to their specific disciplines. And so she looks for a common core in the syllabus and uh, she looks for generic transferable skills and um, she says that systems, if they are learned, they can be transferred to various contexts and these these are generic skills that are you know are seen to be transferable but language can also be transferable in that way and so uh, my colleague talks about different toolkits that she provides students across disciplines with uh, one toolkit to help them to write cohesive texts another to help them to pack density of meaning another one to give them um, to help them to express their stance persuasively. Um, so you can see the four toolkits, and I'll, I'll just talk about two of them very briefly. So um, the um, noun groups and appraisal. So this is the kind of, of knowledge that my, my colleague will provide the student with. She'll say this is how you construct a noun group with pre and post modification. And in any discipline, that is a transferable um, uh, system. I'm not going to go into the details, but students learn how to to pack density of meaning in, in the noun phrase with nominalization. Another system that she shows them is is this um, tentative language using using modality and hedging that is that is so common in academic writing. Uh, appear to be, seems to be, rather than is. The interpreter. The interpreter. <laughs> the interpreting, yeah. So, 
This is another system. It's dialogic writing, isn't it? It's negotiating with the reader. It's another system that our that students need to learn for academic writing. Um, but like I say, if you don't have this this knowledge, if you don't have this ER focus, then perhaps you know you're just expecting in the intuition of the student to pick it up. But we we don't take that perspective. We take the perspective that we're 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 experts and we know what to to show you. We know how to help you become. Uh, better writers and so this is an example that my my colleague presents in the the journal paper it's actually a life science student so she argues that you know this is a system that even you know even a math student has has a need for and so here we have the density of meanings the the noun groups so here we have our 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 head noun and then post modification not going to go into details but you can see how a noun is constructed there and, and the student from a life science background can make use of it just as much as a student from a, his a history background so it's transferable so and then we have use of of modality as well for for hedging and my colleague also uses semantic gravity um, in in a in a similar way as I do, but for her curriculum design. So the SG minus, the more abstract, is the systems that are context independent, like I just showed you, noun constructions or or, or, or hedging modality, and then the more specific, the more concrete is texts that that the students read and analyze from different. Um, disciplines, more exposure to more disciplines um, depending on the, the where the students are from on, on the course and then after that she's, she finds that students are actually transferring it to their own disciplines so this is um, an ER, an ER focus knowledge as, a, as again an object an object to be, to be transferred and her conclusion is that having this perspective can help teachers to, to construct um, effective curricula. And knowledge of, of language is important for our students and we, we don't want to, to take the perspective that, that they intuitively learn it. And um, she's found in her research that it promotes, this KAL promotes transfer across a wide range of disciplines. The third case study, the last one, is um, from a, a colleague who looks at axiological cosmologies. And this is about um, stance, creating stance, creating positive and negative meanings in text, uh, clusters of meanings. And so uh, this course is on... Um, it's a it's a different course to the to the other two. The other two are more EAP. This is more um, persuasive writing, reading and and producing persuasive writing, and it's actually on social blogs. Um, so it's it's um, social action blog blogs. The students uh, they read those and then they produce one. It's still it's still to develop their English language uh, capabilities, but it's more about 
um, persuasive writing rather than um, research paper writing. Um, and so she she uses axiological clusters which are in the SR plus range, which means we're focusing more on who produces the information, who produces the knowledge, rather than the knowledge itself. And so she um, she does teach knowledge, she teaches genre structure, how, how one of these blogs is constructed, but she looks more at claims and evaluating claims. And so this is a Using LCT, it's an SR plus focus rather than an ER plus focus. And uh, like I said, there is a genre pedagogy. So they read the blogs, they deconstruct them, then they jointly construct them and independently construct them. So it's it's still um, theory oriented. Um, this is an example of of um, a social blog that they have deconstructed. So it's about um, women in Singapore, single mothers. Um, at the moment, they're not getting as much subsidies as they should, apparently. But this is, as you can see, a very persuasive text. And um, my colleague breaks down the, um, the positive and negative meanings in the text and gets students to try and find out how the author tries to persuade us and um, who the author is referring to when he or she uses positive or negative meanings. So we have the targets of the evaluation as well. And then the students are asked to think about the kinds of questions that can, <coughs> that can help us to see who the targets of positive or negative evaluation are. And uh, in that text, you can see that there is policies and processes, problems, and single mothers. And so the students can see, breaking down the text, how um, the author uses language to try and persuade us in, in these fields. And um, after that, she's, she's done research to see how the students themselves can, um, you know, garner this, this persuasive writing. So here we have some um, positive language, commendable, noteworthy, and <coughs> then the student moves on to using more negative terms, criticize, punitive, stigmatization. And so um, moving from looking at clusters of, of negative meanings thinking about who they're directed at, the students deconstruct the texts and in themselves after that they transfer it to their own writing and think about the kind of clusters of meanings they might create. This is about um, penal reform in Singapore, some positive meanings here, some positive clusters, but then here's some more negative ones, we're talking about improving the system. Singapore tends to have a, a very punitive approach, apparently. So, um, my colleague, in, in the conclusion, she says that students found it difficult to talk about emotional appeals, to make that shift from academic to emotional, to rhetorical language. Um, but this helped them, and 
help them to see how um, an author tries to persuade using this clustering and it helped to transfer to their own writing of their own social blogs yeah so um, I hope I hope that you've seen how we approach a teaching and curriculum design and um, pedagogical design too and how we always try to keep this knowledge oriented approach um, and LCT helps us to do that and we think it helps to um, develop students critical dispositions helps them to look at how texts are constructed and this hopefully transfers to their own writing to their own needs and um, helps them to make informed judgments and if anybody's interested um, there's quite a lot of literature on LCT mainly from Mayton at Sydney University and specialization is what we value in our pedagogy and semantics is relations within knowledge thank you very much indeed